turn with us to the book of Micah, uh, chapter number 2. Micah chapter 2. I am not preaching through the book of Micah, but uh, just uh, been studying through the book of Micah on my personal study. And uh, so just some sermon thoughts that the Lord has given us. And so I want to go to chapter number 2 tonight and ask you to pray for us. Amen. I'd like to read two verses of Scripture, but if you'll keep your Bible open for the uh, context tonight, we want to look at some other verses in chapter number 2. But just for the sake of time, just read two verses tonight. Micah chapter number 2 and verse number 6. The Bible says, Prophesy ye not, say they to them that prophesy. They shall not prophesy to them that they shall not take shame. O thou that art named the house of Jacob, is the Spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him that walketh uprightly. Father, Lord, we do want to thank you for the singing. I want to thank you for the day, God. It's been such a wonderful day in the house of God. Thank you for your people and for the good time of food and fellowship. And Lord, we just want to thank you for what you did this morning. And we ask you, Lord, if you would, to help us tonight. We certainly need you. We don't want to say or do anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. God, I pray we would hide the flesh tonight behind the shadows of the cross. And may we see no man save Jesus only. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number 6. And I want you to, to notice in this text here, I want you to notice the statement uh, that is made here. The Bible says, prophesy ye not. And so the people of God had come to the place that they no longer wanted to hear the message of judgment. Micah is delivering the message. He is telling them in chapter 1 what God has said. As God said in verse number 2, to, to hear this and to hearken to. And Micah is just laying out what God has given him. But they say, prophesy not. In other words, stop preaching to us. We no longer want to hear that. What a statement. That To me, that is a shocking statement. I can understand it coming from the world tonight. I can understand it coming from the pagans or coming from the heathens but I remind you tonight it is not the world it is not the pagans and it is not the heathens that are making this statement here but it is God's people that no longer wants to hear the preaching that is coming from above because they don't like the message. The message is a message of judgment and so we see the statement then we see the servants. The Bible said that they said prophet Prophesy ye not, say they to them that prophesy. So in other words, uh, uh, men like Isaiah and men like Micah who are preaching and they're telling what God has uh, laid upon their heart. They're giving these people uh, the word of God. But they go to them and they simply say, we don't like your preaching. Uh, we don't like that preaching on judgment. So prophesy not to us. Uh, we no longer want to hear what you have to say. Well, doesn't that sound familiar tonight? We notice the sovereignty in this verse. As the Bible said, they shall not prophesy to them that they shall not take shame. In other words, they don't want to hear the preaching because the preaching puts them to shame. 
They don't want to feel bad. They don't want to feel condemned. They, they don't want to be uneasy because of the message. So God said, you don't want to hear the message? Then they'll not prophesy unto you. I want to tell you, God is not, he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to cram anything down our throats. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, if somebody was to come in tonight and say, I don't like that kind of preaching. I don't like the, I don't like the word of God. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm not going to listen to that. God is not going to force that on them. I'm telling you tonight, every one of us has a free will. Every one of us has a choice. And I believe you're here because you chose to be here. You're not here because you're made to come. You're not here out of guilt or obligation. But we came tonight not to see each other, but we came to hear the word of God. Amen. I'll tell you, we're living in the same day that this crowd was living in when there's a lot of people that have said to preachers, preacher, would you just shut up? We don't want to hear that kind of preaching. We don't want kind of, we don't want that judgment preaching. It makes us feel bad. It puts us under condemnation. We no longer want to hear that anymore. This may be a crude title, but it's the only thing I could get. I want to preach on preacher. Shut up. (laughs) Some of y'all think, man, I wish he would. (laughs) Preacher, just shut up. We don't want to hear that. That, that preaching of Micah, all of that chapter one, all that condemnation, that, that guilt, that judgment you're putting on us. Prophesy not unto us, say they to the prophets. Don't tell us that any longer. We don't like the message. We want a Joel Osteen sermon. We want something that makes us feel good. Something that tickles our fancy. Something that puffs up and strokes our ego. We want something that makes us feel better. That makes us feel that every day's a Friday. You know that's not true. I saw that title in a bookstore where Joel Osteen said every day's a Friday. I said, bud, I don't know what world you're living in. Amen. But if you'd have said every day's a Monday, I might come more near believing that. But that's that health and wealth and prosperity, a prosperity gospel that makes people feel good and draws a crowd. And listen, it builds the money. Amen. Every day might be a Friday for that crowd if I was living like they were living. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God didn't send us to the house of God we didn't come to church to get our ego pumped up or to feel good about anything but we came to just hear the truth amen I don't want to be beat to death when I go to church. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm here to tell you tonight, when I go to the house of God, I want to hear the truth. Amen. I want to be helped. And when I was looking at this passage of Scripture tonight, and there is some positive in chapter 2, but we'll not mention it tonight because of the context of this sermon. But perhaps at a later date, God always gives hope. He always gives promise. But what I want you to see tonight is this. How would anybody I'm talking about God's people. How would they ever get in that kind of shame where they would not want to hear the message and they would just say to the preacher, prophesy not. Preacher, shut up. They don't want to hear that no more. You say, would a church ever get to that place? Friend, they not only will, but they have. What would cause a church, God's people, saints to be that way? To not want to hear the truth. You know, even if the truth is judgment, don't you want to hear it? I thank God for the day that I heard for the first time I was a sinner and I needed to be saved. You see, before you can feel real good, sometimes you got to feel real bad. 
And the truth of the text is, is that we are sinners and we are wicked and we are ungodly and we cannot save ourselves and we deserve to go to hell. We deserve death. We deserve to die. That's a negative message, but it is the truth. And we are under the wrath and the judgment and the condemnation of God. I tell you, you've got to hear that first. That's what makes Calvary so sweet. That's what makes salvation so wonderful is I know what I am and I know what I deserve and I know where I ought to be at. But because of Jesus and because of Calvary and because of the blood, thank God I don't have to go to hell. I don't have to die in my sin. I thank God I had to feel real bad before I could feel real good. Hallelujah. You know why some people never get saved? They still think they're a good person. They still, they've heard too many sugar-coated messages. I thank God for preachers. That'll hang you out over hell and let you see yourself as you really are and then point you to a bloody Calvary and show you you don't have to go to hell. But thank God you can go to Calvary and then go to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tonight I was reading this text this morning and I thought to myself, how does people get in that kind of shape? Three things in this text I'll give you and we'll be done. I want to say first of all, if you'll notice with me in verses 1 through 5, I see crooked politicians. You weren't expecting that, was you? How does a nation get to the place they don't want to hear the preaching of judgment? Crooked politicians, look at it in the text. Uh, Woe to them that devise iniquity, <laughs> notice this, and work evil upon their beds. Uh, notice the contemplation of their sin. Uh, notice when of their contemplation. The Bible said they work evil upon their beds. Uh, their bedtime becomes a bad time for an evil person uh, because they're sitting there and they're thinking of the evil things that they're going to do. Uh, I'm talking about in this text what we have uh, is the Assyrians come in. Uh, they take over the land. They take over the property. You see chapter 2 deals primarily with covetousness and the sin of covetousness and because it's in their power and because it's in their strength they take what they will. Does that not sound like the country we're living in? Just because they can't. Just because they have the ability they take what is not theirs. Amen. Good sermon to preach as we get closer to tax time, isn't it? The wind of their contemplation, the waking of their contemplation. When the morning comes, uh, they practice what they have thought upon. Uh, when the morning is light, notice they practice uh, it. Uh, and notice uh, uh, not only the wind, but the warrant because it is in the power of their hand. Uh, they have the ability, uh, Micah says, to take the fields uh, and to take other things. Uh, and because of that, uh, they don't treat people right. I'm telling you, when you don't treat God right and when your relationship is not right with God, you won't be right with people and they mistreat the widows and the orphans and I see here these crooked politicians notice they covet the fields and they take them by violence and the houses and they take away so they oppress a man in his house even a man and his heritage because in Jerusalem or in Israel their land was not just land to them but it represented their heritage so when they came in and they took their land they took their heritage from them It ought to bother us tonight that we do have politicians that have sold us and sold our children and our grandchildren down the river. 
As I said this morning, we are to blame because of the apathy and the complacency. But I tell you, it makes my blood boil. My friend, me and bureaucrats and lobbyists and governors and senators that so-called got put into office, if you believe that in some cases, my friend, they have sold us down the river and they have sold out our next generation by plunging us into untold debt with an listen with a motive to bank the to bankrupt the U.S dollar and the U.S. economy and to set up a one world government and a one world government one, one world economical system. I'll tell you who will pay for it. It's the little ones that are sitting in these pews tonight. They want to take away everything. They don't want you having land and property. That because with that comes independence. They don't want your children standing up and putting their hand over their heart and pledge allegiance to the American flag because it makes a patriot out of them when they do that every day. They don't want us to live independently and have freedom of speech because uh, they want to take away those rights tonight. Uh, uh, Crooked politicians, uh, they have power and they misuse and they abuse that power as we see it in verse number four. And all of this is linked uh, uh, to the crowd uh, uh, that doesn't want to hear preaching. You'll see it further in the text. I promise you, if they call a preacher to the White House, he won't be an old-fashioned independent preacher. He won't be taught in the King James Bible. Why? Because of the crookedness of politicians that the only time that really lies when their lips are moving. You know that, don't you? But they'll say anything and they'll do anything uh, to feed into one crowd to get voted in. uh, And then it really doesn't matter. They're not for the people. Uh, They're not for progress. uh, But they have their own agenda. And I would say tonight, don't get quiet uh, when we deal with politics because that's why we're in the mess we're in. Uh, I'm telling you, we need some John the Baptist. Uh, uh, We need some Elijahs that'll be raised back up uh, uh, that'll preach against their sin uh, and preach against what they're doing. Uh, uh, My friends, the only thing that will turn this nation back to God. Now see the woe of their contemplation. Look at what the Bible says. We notice this in the Bible says that God speaks out to them. He said therefore thus saith the Lord. Verse number three. Behold, against this family do I devise an evil from which ye shall not remove your necks, neither shall you go haughtily, for the time is evil. Wouldn't you agree with me tonight that the time is evil? My friend, that they're not bringing holiness and righteousness, but they praise the liberals, they praise the sodomites, they praise anything that is wicked. They call evil good and good evil, and they pass laws. My friend, without passing it through the state, and through the uh, through the people, but I friend, uh, but they believe in big government and big power, uh, so that they can run us roughshod and do whatever they want to do. It's not the America that most of us grew up in. And I thought Bill Clinton was a bad president. Well, how about y'all? That's a weak amen. Hope you didn't vote for him. I thought Clinton was a terrible one. And a whoremonging president. And then you got Barack Hussein Obama. And we thought it was, we thought it couldn't get no worse. Amen. But it did. And it has. And America's in trouble tonight. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be a president to fix this thing. Amen. 
I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. I'm not looking, my friend, to Washington tonight for hope. I'm telling you, there's, listen, there's some, uh, there's some money hungry and power hungry today. Uh, it'd sell out their own family for the almighty dollar and for another year of election. Uh, they don't care, most of them. Uh, it's just talking points uh, just to draw a base and just to draw a crowd. Uh, but there's coming a day uh, when the judge of this earth is going to come uh, and, friend, he is going to do what's right. Uh, he's going to set the record straight. And there's going to be a reckoning day for every crooked line politician, for everyone that ever said one thing and did another, for everyone that ever passed an ungodly law and ever went against God's law. There's coming a day when the judges and the kings and the governors of this earth, they're going to stand before God and they're going to face the same judgment that we are going to see in this land. You know, when the judgment of God falls, it impartial, Amen. I'm telling you, God's going to clean house one of these days. He's going to drain the swamp. Amen. Donald Trump may not have been able to drain the swamp, but I'll tell you, Jesus Christ is going to drain it. Amen. Until there's not another dead fish in it. Amen. He's going to not just drain it, but thank God he's going to clean it up. And there's going to be a government that's going to be upon his shoulders. And for 1,000 glorious years, there's going to be holiness on the bells of horses and a highway of holiness and strength in the desert and the king of glory is going to rule and he's going to reign and he's going to be large and in charge hallelujah it won't be no crooked politicians then it won't be no thank God there won't be no elections won't, that be, won't you be glad about that no mail-in ballots amen we're not doing mail-in ballots for Jerusalem thank God there's not going to be no campaigns He's not going to be anybody saying they endorse this message. Uh, they're not going to be looking, amen, for endorsements. Uh, uh, when the king of glory comes, uh, he's setting up shop. Uh, he's going to be in charge. Uh, he's going to run this place. Uh, and Israel's going to be, Jerusalem's going to be the capital of this world. Uh, and thank God it's going to be a glorious day. And I see tonight, how could people get to the place where they wouldn't, wouldn't want to hear preaching? Crooked politicians. They traded principle for prosperity. They took everything away from them. In a day, the Bible said, shall one take up a parable against you and lament with a doleful lamentation and say, we be utterly spoiled. Notice what happened here. He hath changed the portion of my people. How hath he removed it from me, turning away? He hath divided, notice, our fields. Therefore thou shalt have none that shall cast a cord. That's a a term used for surveying. By lot in the congregation of the Lord. They lost their land because of crooked politicians. What do you think is happening to America tonight? When there's no telling how much land China owns in America. When they've let down the border walls and letting them come in by the thousands. Hey, I don't care who it hair lips tonight. I've said it in the north, the south, the east, and the west, and I'll still say it. Build a wall all the way around this country. Is that right? 
And I mean build it and build it high and build it strong, amen. I'm telling you, put some military on every end of it and double dog, triple dog there, amen, just to one of them to come across here. I'll tell you, to stop that mess before sunrise, isn't that right? You know why they're coming in? Because they want them in here. You know why they're coming? You don't like that kind of preaching. Doesn't make no difference to me. I'm gonna preach it anyway. You listen, I'm telling you, we're in a mess uh, and we're so ultra sensitive. Uh, if you can watch Fox News, you can listen to this, amen. I'm just telling you, friend, uh, the answer tonight is simply this. Uh, I say build a wall, build a wall, build a wall, build a wall. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, when we had a strong military and when we had a strong wall, thank God we didn't have to worry about that mess. They want them in here. You say, well, if you lived in that country, you would you'd want to, if you lived in a, in a foreign country, you'd want to come too. That's right, but I'd want to come right. I'm not against them coming. I'm against them coming right. Drugs and rape and murder is at an all-time high because they've let that outfit in. Crooked politicians. With them, I remind you tonight, I'm not, listen, I'm not prejudiced, but with them comes their gods. That's in that book right there. Why did God separate Israel from the pagans and the heathens? Because he was their God. And he didn't want their children worshiping false gods. The very indictment that God lays out to this, to his people in chapter 1 is the sin of idolatry. And tonight I'm telling you, listen, you can read from a Koran, you can build a mosque, you can say anything you want to if you're that outfit. But if you're a Christian and you believe the King James Bible, you can say something and I'm going to tell you something, you'll get phone calls, letters, and everything else. You know why? Because they want us to shut up. Preachers, shut up. We don't want to hear. You know what we ought to do? Preach louder. Preach harder. Don't get quiet when a man of God preaches something like that. Your children need to know you're behind it too. They don't need to grow up thinking, well, that's just Brother Gravely up there ranting and raving. No, they need to believe, hey, my mom and daddy believes that King James Bible just like preacher does, uh, and they're with it. It's not just something a preacher does on Sunday morning, but we believe it by conviction, friend. Uh, I'm telling you what we believe, we have a conviction about that, and we're not backing up, and we're not bowing, and we're not bending, amen, uh, and we're not giving in to an ultra-sensitive society that can scream and say whatever perversion and sickness they want to, and politicians can get and pass all the ungodly and wicked laws they want to uh, and then they want us to crawl off in a corner somewhere and let the world go to hell never say nothing I say bless the Lord oh my soul uh, we ought to still preach uh, we ought to still take a stand uh, we ought to still do what's right and old fashioned preaching uh, it'll light a fire uh, it'll get the job done hallelujah praise God crooked politicians I want to move on but I sure am having fun preaching this Aren't all of them tied up, amen? But let me move on. Not only crooked politicians, but what about compromising people? If you go to our text tonight, it's not the politicians saying, don't preach to us. It's God's people saying, we don't want to hear that no more. 
Prophesy ye not, they say to them that prophesy. Preacher, shut up. We don't want to hear that kind of preaching no more. We don't have to hear it no more. We'll go somewhere else. We can go to a church where it's a little more watered down, a little more laid back, and there's not so many demands. And the preacher doesn't get, he's got such a better spirit than what our preacher's got. He doesn't get red-faced. He doesn't slobber all over the pulpit. He doesn't have a fear-monging message, but he's got a smooth message, a message of just love. And he talks so soft and sweet And everybody just feels so wonderful When they leave So good I mean it's just lollipops and sugar sticks And gumdrops We're just living in candy land all day long I mean it's just sugar and spice And everything nice I'm going to tell you something I thank God tonight That it was raised Under some old time leather lung Holy Ghost heaven sent Heartfelt preaching Amen I thank God for preachers That will preach on sin Amen. Preach on it this morning. Want to preach on it tonight. Amen. A compromising people. Hey, get something down in your crawl. Get something down in your gut. Get something down in the resources of your soul. It says, by the grace of God, I'm never going to change. A family may change. A friends may change. The church may change. But I'm going to stay with it all the days of my life. Amen. Got a bunch of little children. You believe the same thing 10 years from now when they're 15, 16, 17 as you do when they're little. You don't change because your children start struggling. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Everybody in this building, listen to me. If you got children under the age of 10, you go ahead and mark it down when they become teenagers. They don't have to struggle, but they will struggle. To what level they'll struggle, I do not know. You pray for them, you you instill. Don't you just drag them to church and let that be it. You instill the right things in their life, the right principles in their life. And I'm going to tell you something. They're going to have their battles. And when they have their battles, here's what they need. They need a mom and daddy that will not waver. You don't get them a cell phone when they're 15 years old. They can't. Listen, adults can't handle it. They ain't going to be able to handle it. Why well, just want them to be safe? Well, take them everywhere you go. They'll be safe. You don't give them the things of this world that will destroy their minds before they ever get a chance. In the forming years of their life, they're going to face battles. They're going to have questions. You ain't take the Bible. You ain't, and I'll tell you, you start studying your Bible now as to why you believe this and why the Bible says that and why it says this. You get the answers now so when they come and don't even wait for them to ask, you go ahead and start instructing them and teaching them. But when they have questions and when things are right, you, be, you know your Bible well enough uh, that you don't have to take them to somebody else, uh, but you can take the Word of God. You have the greatest influence uh, on your children. There is no preacher on God's green earth that will have more influence on your children than what you do. That's why you need to pray over them. That's why you need to answer their questions. That's why you need to pour the scriptures into them. That's why you need to give them the word of God. Memorize the Bible with them. Amen. Keep sin out of your home. I'm telling you, keep the devil out of your home. You live for God at home. Have some conviction in your home. Let it be real in your home. Hallelujah. So your children will live for God. You teach them to love God and then you teach them to live for God. How do I teach my children to love God? Let them see you love God. What you love is what they love. If you love anything more than God, they'll love something more than God. 
You let them know you love God. You say, how do I do that? You talk about God every day. You don't let a day go by that you don't talk about your Savior, that you don't talk about God. You listen, you don't let somebody else that lives in your house go unnoticed. Don't let God go unnoticed. Don't let God be someone that they learn about on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Let God be real every day in your home. Bring Him into your conversation. Talk about Him. Teach Him to love Him. And don't compromise. I'm going to say this tonight. You stay in this church. Brother Gravity, you're saying that because you pastor here. Well, probably that's part of it. But the other reason I'm telling you that is because you're supposed to be here. God put you here. Don't you let some liberal outfit, I don't care if it's family, friends, co-workers, or who it is, don't you let some liberal outfit. So, well, you just need to go somewhere else. I'm going to tell you who that is talking to. You look beyond that person, we'll tell you exactly who that is. It's no more than the devil. And I'm going to practice what I preach right here. The devil, if he could talk me into leaving today, he would do it. You know that? Well, you just need to go somewhere else. You say, well, Brother Gravely, you don't know what, they they just a thing or two around here I just don't like. Let me tell you something. There's three or four things around here I don't like. I can't do nothing about it. No more than you can. I'm still here. You're still here. I plan on staying here. Can I get an amen? Some preachers take a vote of confidence after years. There ain't no way I'm doing something like that. I mean, you're stuck with me. I wished you would. I'd vote against you. I'm not that dumb, friend. Amen. Hey, listen, y'all had one shot 25 years ago. I know most of you wasn't here. Uh, listen, but blame it on that outfit. Amen. Uh, that's, that's the last chance they ever get. Amen. I mean, we're just staying in the trenches. Is that right? I'm staying here. You're staying here. We're just going to keep on plowing. We're going to keep on serving God. Uh, we're going to keep on staying with Jesus. Uh, we're going to keep on keeping on. Uh, we're going to have some longevity in this thing uh, so that when our children look back, uh, they can say my mom and my dad they didn't change they didn't drop the plow they didn't go a different course oh but hallelujah they stayed in the old time way they stayed in the old time way it's still right it's still real it's still good stay with it all the days of your life hallelujah isn't that right they say you can't say certain words I'm about to say one of them. I'll look over at my wife, see if I get a amen right there. Somebody told me the other day, you can't say this word. I said, I've been saying it all my life. And they say, you can't say it. It's the word midget, if you want to know. Why, why can you not say that? That's what Zacchaeus was. He was a midget. A wee little man. Don't you know the song? I've never, I didn't know you. Somebody said, you can't say that. I said, I know three. That's what they call themselves. So you can't say that. No, but you know, that's what these, some of y'all, real, if that makes you nervous, you're in real trouble tonight. Don't you hypocrite. Go home and watch people curse and cuss. And then you're bent out of shape because I said the word midget in church tonight. 
I got a good friend who's one. But tonight, we are so, I mean, this society's so messed up. Compromise. I realize tonight that I could compromise as quick as anybody. But I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to sell out for a paycheck or any deep pockets. But I'm telling you, when a preacher gets up to preach, he ought to divorce himself from public opinion. And he ought to preach with the right spirit and the right motive, and he ought to love people. But I'll tell you tonight, what's missing in this country and our churches today is people are not hearing. You know, you don't have to be the greatest preacher. I don't think tonight you came here expecting to hear some great sermon. Oh, you came tonight to hear the truth. That's what is great. The truth is what's great. Thank God for the truth tonight. That blessed old book that they sung about a while ago. I love the Bible, don't you? I'm telling you, you didn't come to hear an outline. You didn't come to see a personality. But I'll tell you what helps us tonight is this old word, of, this the word of God, this old book tonight. I'm telling you, it's food when I'm hungry. It's strength when I'm weary. It's comfort, my friend, when I'm wounded. I'm telling you, it's water when I'm thirsty. This book is a light in a dark place. It's a map that'll guide you along life's way. It'll save your children. It'll help you home. It'll keep you in the right way. I say thank God but let's don't compromise this book. We're not changing our music tonight. We're not we're not bringing in something that sounds like the world. We don't need it tonight. I heard a song the other day and all the words were right. But when I listened to that the, the song the words were right but the music sounded like it sounded like KZ 106 an old station I used to listen to and I was sitting there in the service and I thought to myself they don't know no better but the music sounded like one of them old soft rock songs you said well brother Gravely we could take those words and make it we don't need to do that we don't ever need to start that. Is that right? I, we, we got too many songs to sing without running to that contemporary crowd and bringing in what they have. Now, if you hear a song here that's contemporary, I'm going to tell you, just, and I'm saying this about all of our singers, I, you do a wonderful job. If we sing a song that's contemporary, <coughs> please tell us because it's just because we don't know. Because when you don't listen to that mess, then you don't know. But I just like them hymns, don't you? And I like them old songs. And I like the songs, and I like some new songs, but I like to know where they come from. Because we don't ever want to compromise on that. I don't think there'd be anybody sitting in this church tonight that listens to rock music or country music. But if you do, would you just help yourself tonight do this? Come on to this altar tonight and ask God to forgive you. Go home and throw all that mess in the garbage can tonight. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll have victory. Go get you some good gospel music, good music, and <laughs> listen to it. And you'll have. And don't get mad about that tonight. Don't compromise. You listen to that country music stuff, you may 
leave your wife or your husband one day. Amen. That's all it's about. I grew up, I, listen, I grew up on Hank and I grew up on Willie Nelson and I grew up on Barbara Mandrell and I, and I didn't like a bit of that stuff. But my parents loved it. Every Saturday morning, they'd go out there and clean off the top of that cabinet, raise that lid, put an 8-track in at 7 o'clock in the morning when you're trying to sleep, and there'd be a wailing, and he was a wailing, I tell you that much, uh, about 7 o'clock that morning. Uh, and listen, I grew up listening to all that stuff. Didn't have no choice in the matter, to be honest with you. Uh, but after I got saved, amen, I'm going to tell you, I got saved on a Sunday, and I went to a Sunday afternoon. I walked in the, in the bedroom, and there was a little transistor radio there and it was on KZ 106 I didn't even know it was wrong but when I walked in that room the Holy Ghost said son won't you just turn that off I didn't even know it was the Holy Ghost but it kept whispering in my heart won't you just turn that off I'll tell you I turned it off and by the grace of God never turned it back on I'm telling you that's what God can do for you he'll clean you up he'll help you and I don't want to go back to that mess tonight I don't want to go back to it don't compromise. Don't compromise. Don't. Hey, listen to me, young men and young ladies. When it comes time to, to, for God to send you a mate, not find or choose, don't compromise. Don't marry somebody that don't have the same convictions from this book. Well, I'll change them. You'll never change them. They'll change you. Amen. If you bring them to church and they think we're a little weird, they're not the right one. Is that right? Y'all with me tonight? You girls are smiling. Y'all still with me, aren't you? All right. I'm telling you, don't marry, don't, listen, you don't, and if he acts like a sissy, you sure don't need him. Can I get that? That's right. And boys don't act like a sissy. Amen. I mean, if you got to go out every day and take a hammer and hit your thumb with it to get a, a listen, to, to be a man, do what you got to do. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, uh, uh, listen, don't, don't be a sissy, amen, and don't marry some bossy woman, amen. You got to see some, uh, uh, listen, some 18-year-old girl with her hand on her hip and her jaw's real firm, she ain't for you. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, if she's always running around doing this right here, uh, you drop her like a bad habit, amen. You go old. Uh, she's not the will of God, amen. Uh, you wait on God. You pray. Uh, you let God send you the right person. Uh, if Adam can get a wife, trust me, I don't care how ugly you are, you'll get one, amen. Uh, you just have Hang on, you wait on God. But there's something worse than being single, and that's settling. Amen. Don't compromise your church attendance. Don't compromise your work ethic. Don't compromise your Bible. Don't compromise your convictions. You stay with it. Amen. Don't marry a Methodist. Don't marry a Presbyterian or Episcopalian or Southern Baptist. You marry an independent, fundamental Bible believing, write it all down. King James, Holy Ghost, Baptist, till you marry. And God will send you that person tonight. Compromising people. This is the tragedy. I got to quit tonight. I know that. Here's the tragedy there's a lot of people used to sit right where you sit. They nodded their head and said, Amen. But they're not with us tonight. Somewhere's along the way, they got weary in the journey. And they said, preacher, preacher, please shut up. I, I'm tired. I'm tired of going down there and hearing Brother Gravely preach the same old, he preached the same old thing all the time. Prophesy not to us anymore. Notice, lastly, not only compromising people and 
crooked politician, but it's in the text, corrupt preachers. You know why they could say in verse 6 to Micah and his crowd, don't prophesy to us? Because they had some compromising preachers. Corrupt preachers. Notice these corrupt preachers. The Bible talks about them in verse number 11. If a man walk in the spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto thee. Notice this, of wine and strong drink. He will even be the prophet of this people. They will take a preacher that will tell them what they want to hear over a man of God that will deliver the truth. Is that not where we're at today? Preacher, just shut up. We got somebody, we, we got somebody else just fresh out of seminary. Well, I mean, he, he, he's got a delivery and a, and a personality that won't quit. He, his charisma, boy, really, he really, he's not much of a preacher, but boy, he sure teaches good. Well, he can, he can really, I mean, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't get in a big way and he doesn't act like he's angry when he preaches and, and, and nobody has to, you know, you don't have to be afraid to bring your family down there because he's not going to scare nobody when he gets up and, and you know, he's just going to, I mean, he's just so well put together and, and he's as sweet outside the pulpit as he is in the pulpit. <laughs> Corrupt preachers. We'll tell you what you want to hear if you give us what we want. We'll tell you what you want to hear if you'll just stay and, and keep paying and keep coming. You see, as long as everything's good for us, we really don't care if your children go to hell. We don't care if your home makes it. We're all about the number. We're all about the new building. We're all about the new, the latest. You know what I figured out? Whatever the latest and greatest is, we don't need it. The latest and greatest corrupt preachers. They, God said to them, there's a lot in these verses I've not read, but God said in verse number 7, <clears throat> He talks about their dishonoring. He said, Oh, that thou art named the house of Jacob. Is the spirit of the Lord straightened? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him that walketh uprightly? He said, you've got a name. You claim to be the people of God, but you don't want anything to do with the message. And the reason you don't want anything to do with the message is because if you go to verse 11, there's preachers that they will speak smooth sayings to you. They'll, 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 they'll prophesy unto thee of wine and of strong drink. That, that's the message they want to hear. Preacher, tell us what we want to hear. We don't want to hear that preacher no more down there. I'll tell you a key thing tonight, and I've got to quit. But I'm going to tell you something to take note of. When people leave a church and they don't like what was preached and they go somewhere else and they join, they always have to reach back out to people. Have you ever noticed that? And I'm going to tell you, they're not going to reach out to these deacons. They're not calling Brother Danny, brother, brother Daniel and Brother Laddie, and they're not calling Brother Danny. They're not going to call uh, <clears throat> Brother Wilson or Brother Cameron or Brother Black. They're not going to call them because there ain't no point in calling them. But they'll remember somebody in the church that was kind of struggling. And they'll become a good friend to them. They wasn't much of a friend to them when they was here, well, but now they're a good friend to them. And they'll say, now, now we don't go there no more. We love Brother Gravely. We love the church, but... We don't go there no more, but I tell you now, over here where we're at, boy, it's honey. I mean, we're just, we're, we're just rolling in the honey over here. He's such a good pastor. Good pastor. 
And we don't want to pull you away from your church, but I'm telling you, life is so much better since we're over here. I'll tell you what you do. Just look at their life. Don't listen to what they say. Look at their life tonight. I can give you a list of people tonight. I used to be in this church, and you know them. Look at all their lives tonight. Look at all their lives. Look at how their lives are. And it's not because we're anything. It's because they didn't walk away from us, but they walked away from the truth. And their children tonight are going to hell. Many of them is never in church anymore. Oh, they're bitter and it's all our fault. But you know that's not the truth tonight. Somewhere somebody will pat them on the head and say, you're okay. You know, my parents, I never doubted a day that they loved me. But when I wasn't okay, they didn't tell me I was okay. They didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. They told me what I needed to know. And I didn't always appreciate it at the time. Sometimes it hurt and sometimes it stung. But I'm going to tell you, as you get older and as life goes along, you look back. Is it not true that you say, thank you? Thank you for caring enough to tell me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. You young men, listen to me tonight. I love all you young men. But you need to stay with God. You need to get closer to him. <clears throat> you young girls, you need to stay with God tonight. And I won't say this in closing as he gives us song ready. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You'd never say preacher, shut up. But what it made me, when I read that this morning, I was reading this text, I'll tell you what it did for me. It just reminded me, Lord, thank you. Thank you that this morning... I know what to expect when I go to church. I know what I'm going to hear in Sunday school. I know what I'm going to hear in the preaching. I know what I'm going to hear in the singing. You know, this church is not perfect tonight. There's, There's things in this church just like in every church. But I want to tell you something tonight. I love this church, don't you? I love everybody in this building, every single one of you tonight. I want you to know, me and that lady right over there, we love you. And we thank God for every one of you. And this church is not perfect because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You got to get over everything being the way you want it. And see what you really have. Because I'm telling you tonight, I don't know everything and I don't want to try to paint that picture. But I have been across this country and I have seen more times than I can ever count what I never want us to become. I'm so thankful tonight that we have what we have. It could be gone. You don't know how many times I could not wait to get back home. And how many times I did not want to pack my clothes 
and leave a good place like this to go someplace. But I know people need help across this country. There's, they need help. Tonight, hey, you boys, you thank God for this church. Thank God for this place. You girls, don't y'all ever get mad at each other. I'm going to tell you something. You probably get on each other's nerves sometimes. But don't you ever, don't you ever hold something against each other. Y'all all, you serve God together in this church. Because you have something. You th- Look how many girls sitting on this road tonight. How many boys sitting here tonight. You know how many churches across this country where the preacher and his kids are the only... His kids are the only kids in the church. They are the youth group. Two of them. It's all they got. They'd give anything, anything to sit with any of y'all tonight. Any one of you. Let's stand tonight.